All right, everybody out there, welcome to another edition of Wagers Ragers. We are now in week 12 of the NFL, um, hoping to get through week 17 and then into the playoffs, but it's been a crazy week with all of the positive COVID tests results actually in uh, in Baltimore with the Ravens, and now it's somebody on Pittsburgh, running back James Conner p- tested positive, Jonathan Taylor with the Colts, and so we'll have to see how this plays out the rest of the season, but Listen, I'm your host, uh, Joshua J.T. Buckner, coming to you from the great state of New Jersey. And once again, joining me, my compadre, John the Hedgehog. The Hedgehog. John, how you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Yeah, this, uh, the COVID you know, stuff has thrown you know, a lot of stuff out of sorts for everybody. As far as the NFL goes, you know, early on for the first you know, month or two of the season, it seemed like when there was a couple of positives, they would just try to move the game around if they could. Over the last maybe two months even, it sort of seemed like if the positives were, were fairly localized, like there was just one or two people, they would try to quarantine that player or those players and let the game go on. But with the Ravens-Steelers, there's just too many positives. Right now, the game is still scheduled to happen on Tuesday. You and I were just talking about it. Who knows if that game's going to actually go forward or not. If it did not go forward on Tuesday. I don't know what they would do because there's no cushion. The NFL left itself no cushion between the end of the regular season and the beginning of the playoffs. And I think they probably should have, you know, we'll see what happens Uh, from a betting perspective. Obviously you're staying away from the Ravens Steelers game, even if you can get a bet in And for those fantasy players out there, make sure you get all the Ravens and Steelers out of your lineups, make other plans. Yeah, man, I'm in a tough spot in my one league. I have, uh, Lamar Jackson and Ben Roethlisberger as my two quarterbacks. And if that game doesn't go forward, I got to figure out something on the fly, probably something tonight or early tomorrow morning and pick up some, you know, scrub quarterback, but I got to have a quarterback. I just can't go without, uh, without playing one. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, let's recap uh, week 11. So as everybody knows, you know, I'm a jet fan. Jets are terrible. They fell to 0 and 10 after losing to the chargers last week, but I said it on the pod. I took it right before the game. Take the Jets and the points, and they did not let me down. They covered for the second week in a row. The line was nine and a half. The game was not as close as the score would would tell you, but the Jets did cover the, the point spread. I also hit on two out of the three props that I took with Justin Herbert over 277 and a half passing yards. Frank Gore over 31 and a half rushing yards. I missed out on P. Ryan uh, over 68 and a half rushing and receiving yards. He had a pretty decent day on the ground, but nothing in the air. My second game, which I felt really confident about after the Patriots came off of their victory the week before, uh, facing the lowly Houston Texans, and they were only laying two points, but this has been a weird year for New England without no Tom Brady, and they turned around and they lost 27-20 to Houston. I also did not have a great day on my props, only hitting one out of three. I had Cam Newton over 42.5 rushing yards. That didn't hit. I had Harris over 67.5 rushing yards, which I felt really good about. That didn't hit, but he did score a touchdown, so I salvaged my one prop in that game. John, how'd you do last week? Uh, some good, some not so great. Uh, of course, my first game of the week was the that Eagles-Browns game, Philly at Cleveland. 
with the Eagles getting two and a half points on the road. The Browns playing in, I think, their third bad weather game in a month. Um, So it's just been a rough go of it for Cleveland. And my advice in that game was after watching the Eagles just show almost nothing and just almost everything seeming like it was going wrong for the Eagles. My advice was, you know, if you have to bet the game, take the Browns, give the two and a half that worked out. The Eagles lost on the road to the Browns again, showed absolutely nothing in the game. Uh, It was just not a great watch for an Eagles fan, but at least the pick on the game was right for me. Also hit a couple of Nick Chubb props over on rushing 74 and a half yards over on rushing attempts for Chubb. Also hit Miles Sanders, who has played well all year when he hasn't been hurt, at 15.5 attempts, minus 106. Lost a couple other props in the game that I had talked about on the pod that were mostly Miles Sanders-related. That's gambling for you. Both Miles Sanders rushing and the combo of rushing and receiving. Neither one of those hit, but, man, they really should have. Miles Sanders, I think, had 13 touches in the first half, was averaging well over five yards a touch, killing it. And then in the second half, he gets two carries for the rest of the game. I think, you know, the blame for that goes back to Doug Peterson and poor play calling. Miles Sanders has been producing when he's touched the ball. So to give him two carries in a whole half is unforgivable. The second game that I picked was Atlanta at the Saints. My idea here was to to try to pounce. And if Taysom Hill was really going to be the starter for the Saints, which was the info that we had at the time of the pod, um, I was willing to bet against Taysom Hill, bet on an an Atlanta team that had been on an upswing. But unfortunately, that's not the way it played out. Uh, I said to take Atlanta getting four on the road uh, against the Saints. The the Falcons won in New Orleans last year, uh, and the Saints really dominated this game. Ended up winning, I believe, 24-9. One prop that I hit from this game was Latavius Murray, Murray over on rushing. I thought that the Saints would rush a lot in this game because of no breeze. They did. They did run the ball a lot, but of course, 10 of those carries went to Taysom Hill. And when Taysom Hill did throw, he was really looking at Michael Thomas and only Michael Thomas. So as a result, my recommendations for Alvin Kamara rushing yards and Alvin Kamara combo rushing and receiving, they did not hit. As a matter of fact, for the first time in his whole career, Kamara played the whole game and didn't get a catch. The one other prop that I really liked in this game was Brian Hill, Todd Gurley's backup in Atlanta, for 19 and a half rushing yards, he fell one yard short of that. I think he had 18 and a half on the game, or 18, so a yard or, or a yard and a half short. I still like the, the, the reasoning there, but didn't quite hit the prop. Uh, and just in general, I, I think one thing I'm looking at going forward based on the way the last few weeks have gone, I'm really liking com- uh, quarterback completions and rushing attempts. I feel like those numbers are a lot more bankable when you look at what's going on. Um, so I think look for some of that and some of the props that I recommend uh, later today. One more thing I wanted to bring up, uh, did a lot of betting on that Kansas City Raiders game. And it was, I think that was the Sunday night game. The game was so much fun. I hit the Kelsey over on receiving yards, Mahomes over on rushing yards, Mahomes completions. And on FanDuel, they had a boost. Look for these boosts on DraftKings and FanDuel where they give you either insurance on a bet so it it ends up being a free bet depending on how it goes, or an odds boost. FanDuel had had an odds boost. I think it was from two-something up to like plus 325 for both Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown. Uh, Hill got a touchdown in the first half. And then right at the close of the game, Mahomes throws that 20-yard touchdown pass to Kelsey to win the game. And 
bang, covered the prop for me at plus 325 for them to both score a, a touchdown. So up and down, but some really fun moments last week. That's gambling for you. Yeah, I jumped all over that Kansas City game as well. Uh, it seems like Travis Kelsey covers the over in passing uh, receiving yards every week. He's and, a machine. Uh, He's a machine. A machine. Just an absolute machine. And those and the and the tips on the odds boost is good stuff. As far as the rushing attempts and the, and the pass completions. You'll see in my second game that one of the, the props that I'm going to take is a rushing attempt prop. So I like that as well. I think those are great props to jump on, especially if you know your stuff about the players. So we're going to move into week 12. My lowly New York Jets limp into MetLife Stadium for a home game against the Miami Dolphins. The first go-around, it was all Miami, 24-zip. Jets got shut out. This was the time where the, the world got to see Tua come in late in the game and take over for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, quite honestly, between, you know, myself and the audience, uh, I think that the Dolphins are probably a better team with Fitzpatrick in there at quarterback. They were actually putting up 354.3 yards per game with Fitz as the QB versus 240 yards with Tua as the, as the quarterback. And in fact, last game against Denver, where they lost after coming off a five-game winning streak, Tua actually got benched for Fitzpatrick. So it's interesting to see what's going to happen this week because apparently Tua injured his, um, got an injury, I think, on his thumb during practice this week. And he's listed as questionable, so we'll see if he plays. And if he doesn't, I think the Dolphins are actually better served with Fitzpatrick at quarterback. Some interesting stats. Uh, Miami is plus 71 in point differential in the first half, which is the best in the league. And the Jets have scored less than 20 points in seven games this year. So I think if Miami gets out to a, a quick start, like they usually do, I think they can put this game away pretty quickly. The line is, is uh, Miami giving six and a half points. Now, again, in this COVID world that we're living in, it doesn't really matter whether you're the home team or the away team, especially if you don't have fans. So I think you throw, throw out that whole three-point favorite deal as the home team you know the Jets Miami's only laying six and a half points less than a touchdown so I really like the Dolphins in this game you know the Jets have covered the point spread the last two games but Sam Darnold's back at quarterback and quite honestly the Jets actually look better with Joe Flacco as quarterback the last two games but we'll see because Darnold now has his full complement of receivers with uh, Brashad Perryman Denzel Mims and Jamison Crowder and he hasn't had them when he's played this year. So we're going to have to see how that plays out. But I really can't see the Jets covering this point spread this week. And I really think that the Dolphins are probably going to handle the Jets pretty easily. Xavier Howard, the cornerback for the Miami Dolphins, has six interceptions and he's tied for the lead. And the Dolphins are tied actually for third with 17 takeaways. So I can see Darnold throwing probably two interceptions this week. And Miami really running roughshod over uh, the Jets this week. So I'm going to take Miami. I'm going to lay the six and a half points against the Jets. The Jets will go to 0-11 this week. And they're well on their way to an 0-16 season with Trevor Lawrence manning the fort next year and being the starting quarterback for the New York Jets. Now, 
couple hours ago, I was still looking for player props on the Jet game, and none were up. Uh, only your touchdown scores. So the only player prop I got in this game is uh, Miles Gaskin, the running back for Miami Dolphins, to score a touchdown, and it's uh, minus 121 on a $100 bet. But he's, he's scored a couple touchdowns for Miami. He seems to be their lead running back, so that's my player prop this week. And just looking again real quick, the player props are still not up on the, the uh, Miami Jet game. So that's my player prop this week. John, any thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, I, I, the main thing that kind of jumps out at me is I completely agree that, you know, first of all, Tua has shown, I think, a lot so far. I think he could be, you know, a very, very fun quarterback that has a lot of potential. But he was just downgraded to doubtful, so it looks like he's not going to play. And I agree. I think it's good for the Dolphins as far as this game goes. If it's Fitzpatrick uh, manning the quarterback position as opposed to Tua, you know, I look at the, the history between these two teams. It looks like the Dolphins have won five of six against the Jets straight up and against the spread. So I would piggyback on that. And I would say, especially if Fitzmagic is playing, I would take the Dolphins and lay the six and a half. Yeah, I mean, you get like some hot and cold with Fitz, right? Either he's really good or he's really bad. But the Jets are terrible and their defense is awful. They've got rookies starting in uh, the defensive backfield. So I think given the fact that Tua got downgraded to doubtful, it doesn't look like he's going to play. So with Fitz at quarterback, I tend to think he's going to have a good game against the Jets. And the Dolphins will probably go to 7-4. and four. The Jets will go to 0-11. And, and they'll probably run right over the Jets and probably win by double digits. So, yeah, I would uh, I'd take Miami uh, all day in this game. So, John, talk to me about the Eagles-Seattle game. Do I have to? Yeah. yeah I guess I do. Yeah. You do. You do. Uh, so it's the Seattle Seahawks visiting Philadelphia on Monday night. Woo-hoo. Don't! 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 I mean, woo-hoo! Ha-ha! <laughs> woo! Uh, Seattle's giving five and a half points on both DraftKings and FanDuel. If you're going to take Seattle here, it's minus 108 on DraftKings. Those are the better odds slightly. It's minus 110 on FanDuel. The over-under here. Interesting. 50 and a half on FanDuel, 49 on DraftKings. I'm going to come back to that. Seattle, they've had a very interesting season. I think through the first month or two of the year, it really looked to me at least like Seattle might be one of the best teams in the league. You know, there was the mantra of, from Seattle fans before the season of let Russ cook. And Seattle really looked like they, they've been doing that. Part of that is necessity because Chris Carson ended up getting injured. Russell Wilson was playing fantastic through the first couple months of the season. He's still been putting up numbers over the last few weeks, but he's been turning the ball over uh, uncharacteristically at an uncharacteristically high rate. That being the case, for fantasy and betting purposes, Seattle's still scoring points. The total has hit the over in three of Seattle's last five games. Seattle is the still the second highest scoring offense in the entire league. Couple that with their defense, which has not been good this year. They've had some injuries, and even though they've gotten Jamal Adams, for example, back from injury, they've still been giving up a ton of points. As a matter of fact, the Seattle defense gives up the fifth most points per game. Let's look at the Eagles' side of the ball. Carson Wentz has been dreadful this year. He has been absolutely besieged by pass rush this year as well. He leads the league in sacks, turnovers, 
pressures, pretty much every bad stat you can have about a quarterback. Carson Wentz leads the league. The Eagles' offensive line has been a mismatch the whole season. They are starting, I believe, their 10th different starting lineup for their offensive line on Monday night. They got some more bad news. Lane Johnson, their all-pro right tackle, is out, and he's now going to be out for the rest of the year. He's going to have ankle surgery. I talked before on the pod about Carson Wentz's record with and without Lane Johnson. Put it this way, it's not bad. It's pretty good with Lane Johnson. Without Lane Johnson, it's not good at all. But all of the news is not necessarily bad for Philadelphia. They're, because of the Lane Johnson injury and other factors, they are reshuffling some of their starters here. They're putting Australian football star Jordan Mailata back in at left tackle. They're moving Jason Peters, the grizzled old vet who has been awesome in past years but has been terrible this year. They're moving him to right guard, moving prior to right tackle. Mylotta actually played pretty well at left tackle earlier this year when Peters went out with injury. So I think the net sum here is actually something of a positive for the Eagles. In the end, I don't think it's going to matter. I think Seattle's the better team. The Eagles have shown me almost nothing in the last three weeks. So there's no way I could bet on them in this game. I would say take Seattle, give the five and a half because it could get ugly. However, I'm a guy who doesn't normally take over-unders, and I will in this game. And I'm looking at it two different ways. Like I said, Seattle, the second-highest scoring offense in the league. Their defense gives up the fifth-most points in the league. So I think, and I think even though the Eagles' offense has not been great, Miles Sanders has been a bright spot. They can actually score some points here. They're basically middle of the pack when it comes to, to that statistic. So I would take the over on DraftKings, it's 49 points. 49 points, I think, at plus 110. So I take the over. I take Seattle giving the five and a half points. And on a related prop on FanDuel, you can get pretty good odds for Seattle to win and the over a point higher at uh, 15 and a half, a point and a half higher. I also like DK Metcalf. Metcalf has been fantastic this year. A little quiet over the last couple of weeks, but DK Metcalf, when Seattle played in Philadelphia in the first round of the playoffs last year, was very demonstrative, seemed like he was really going after it and wanted a huge performance against Philadelphia because Philadelphia was one of the teams that passed on him in the draft. So whether that makes sense or not, it clearly means something to DK Metcalf. I think he's going to have a huge game. So I would take the DK Metcalf over on receiving yards, 72.5 minus 110 on FanDuel. I also think I would think about taking DK Metcalf to score two plus touchdowns. That's plus 325 fantastic odds. On the Eagles side of the ball, I think the only one that jumps out at me is Miles Sanders rushing 64 and a half yards at minus 110. Sanders is one of the league leaders in yards per carry in the whole league. And even though he got nearly shut out in the second half of last week, my hope would be Peterson looks at that, sees that they had success when Sanders was rushing the ball, and gives him the ball more in this game, which could lead to Sanders over on rushing, Metcalf over 72.5 receiving, Metcalf to score two touchdowns, Seattle to win in the over at 50.5, take Seattle, give the points, and take the over at 49. And I'm spent. Yeah, so the one thing that jumps out at me is – an over-under that's less than 50 points in a, in a, with a Seattle team playing. I jump all over that. It, even though the Eagles are a terrible team, they are in free fall. 
you know, I'd be surprised if they even won another game this year. So I would jump all over that over because I still think the Eagles will probably put up some points against Seattle, who has been giving up big points and yards this year. So even though they are playing the Eagles, I would jump all over that over. And I got to tell you, John, uh, I I think Seattle's probably going to beat them by two touchdowns this week. So I would definitely take uh, Seattle giving five and a half points. I'm surprised that it's not even a touchdown or more given that the late, you know, the, the Eagles performances of late. Uh, the other thing I really like about your analysis is DK Metcalf. He's been quiet the last couple of weeks. I think he's really due for a big game this week. And uh, so I would jump all over the over on Metcalf's uh, receiving yards. So good stuff. I'm going to move into our second games this week. But before I do... Breaking news just came across the wire. Matt Patricia has been fired by the Lions. Guess wow. we can see that coming. Thought they'd wait till the end of the season, but after their dreadful performance against the Houston Texans on Thanksgiving, I guess the team had seen enough. So not only was Patricia fired, but the GM was also relieved of his duties as well. Moving and shaking in Detroit, they move on to a, yet another head coach and clearly another general manager try and get things straightened out in Detroit. Seems like a revolving door there. But yeah, just came across the wire. He just got fired. So That's absolutely crazy. I mean, I know, first of all, when they fired Jim Caldwell a couple of years ago and hired Matt Patricia, it didn't seem to make a lot of sense. Caldwell, I thought, thought had done a nice job in Detroit. And Patricia has, has just been just been dreadful, I think. So I'm not surprised he got fired. I am kind of surprised that it happened now. I thought they'd wait till the end of the year. If I could, just one more thing that I wanted to mention on the Seattle-Philly game, and that was when we're talking about the over-under, and I said before that Seattle has gone 3-2 three, three and two in their last five against the spread. That doesn't really tell the whole story. You picked up on something that's very important, is that on DraftKings, the over-under is only 49 right now, which is crazy because, you know, an over-under under 50 in this day and age in the NFL is something to take note of, and that's not what Seattle's had. So take a, take a listen to these over-unders in Seattle's last eight games. 56 and a half, 55, 55 and a half, 54 and a half, 55 and a half, 54, 55, 58. Going back to September even, this is, you know, you're talking about an over-under that's five, six, seven points lower than their average. So, I mean, I would hop all over that 49 on DraftKings. I think I'm going to drop 250 burgers on it. <clears throat> this is a tasty burger. This is a tasty burger. Good stuff. All right. Game number two this week. I'm keeping it in New York, although they are on the road. I'm taking the Giants at the Cincinnati Bengals. Giants are laying six points. The over-under is 44. I think this, this, is, this is my game of the week. This is my pick of the week. The Giants, if they win this game this week, they will be in first place in the NFC East based upon their two wins versus Washington. Washington coming off a win against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, bringing their record to four and seven. If the Giants win, they'll be four and seven, but they get the tiebreaker with the Redskins. And just as we talked about the Eagles game against Seattle, I don't see any way the Eagles are gonna win on Monday night. And they will be left with three wins. They will no longer be in first place. And the Giants, the Giants, who look dreadful to start this season. They will be in first place. So they have everything to play for this week. 
no Joe Burrow, unfortunately. And it's, you know, I, my heart goes out to this kid. He was playing lights out for Cincinnati. He got sandwiched between two Washington defenders, blew out his ACL, his MCL, and some other uh, ligament damage in his knee. Hopefully he comes back stronger than ever next year. Hate to see it, you know, any player go out like that, but with no Joe Burrow at quarterback and your options are Brandon Allen and Ryan Finley at quarterback, I just don't see how Cincinnati is even in this game. And the fact that the Giants are only laying six points, to me, I mean, either Vegas knows something or they're just not setting this line correctly because I could see the Giants just rolling right over Cincinnati this week. Tons of turnovers, I'm guessing, on the Cincinnati side. Look, the good thing about the Giants is Daniel Jones has had two great games in the last two weeks in a row. No turnovers for two straight games, and that's a step to record for him because he's a turnover machine. Um, and I'm going to venture to guess he's going to keep it up this week. So, look, the last six games, the Giants have had leads of 10-plus points, and they've won their last two weeks, two, uh, two games in a row. And so they've held their leads, they've, they've won their games, they rolled right over the Eagles. And uh, I can see that's happening again. Look, <clears throat> Giants have gained at least 100 yards in six of the last seven games on the ground. And I see this continuing. So no Joe Mixon at running back for the Cincinnati Bengals, no Giovanni Bernard who had a concussion. And he's, I think he's listed as either questionable or doubtful this week. So last week, they only managed 37 yards on the ground, and the Giants' defense is actually very good. So I, th I don't think Cincinnati is going to be in this game at all. I think the Giants are going to roll right over them, so I would take the Giants, lay the six points. And as far as my props are concerned, I would take Gallman over 56.5 rushing yards, minus 112 on DraftKings. Daniel Jones over 26.5 rushing yards, minus 112 on DraftKings. And as I alluded to before, I'm going to take the rushing attempts of Wayne Gallman over 14 and a half rushing attempts. Great odds on DraftKings plus 108. Those are my three props. This is the game that I really love. I've actually put in a, uh, a two-team teaser with the Giants and the Cleveland Browns, knocking the Browns line down to one and the Giants line to it down to a pick'em. Uh, and I already put that in. So those are those are my uh, big games of this week. And I like the Giants laying the six points. John, any thoughts on this game? I take a look at this, and, and Daniel Jones has been good as of late. I don't fully buy into Daniel Jones. So there's a part of me that wants to say that, you know, the, the Giants are due for, for a bad game here. But, I mean, when they're playing the Cincinnati Bengals with Brandon Allen at quarterback, basically going to their third-string quarterback, it, it's hard to go against the Giants in this one. My only thought that I would add is that you have to assume with Brandon Allen playing – Cincinnati's going to try to run the ball more, even though they don't have Joe Mixon playing. So I would take a look at, uh, on FanDuel, Giovanni Bernard at 37.5 rushing yards minus 110 could be a, a good bet, but you have to keep an eye on it. He had a concussion issue. I understand he's been upgraded. He's actually practicing in full, but still has to clear the concussion protocol. So you have to make sure that he's actually going to play. It's definitely trending in that direction. And if he does, I like his over at a fairly short number. 37 and a half. Yeah, good stuff. So, uh, John, who's your second game this week? This week, I'm also taking the Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts, a surprise good team this year. The Colts at home are giving three points 
to uh, the Titans, their division rivals. Uh, that's minus 115 on FanDuel, minus 118 on DraftKings. And I'm taking the Colts here at home. I'm laying the three points on FanDuel. And here's why. I mean, just two weeks ago, the Colts dominated the Tennessee Titans 34 to 17 in Tennessee. Then last week, both teams pulled out last second overtime victories. The Colts themselves in their last 10, six and four against the spread. Tennessee is four and six against the spread. There are some injury issues to talk about here. The Colts are going to be missing their star defensive tackle, uh, your cousin, DeForest Buckner, as well as Danico Autry, who are both on the COVID list. So those guys are going to be out. On the Tennessee side of the ball, the Titans are going to be missing a cornerback, Otteray Jackson, and slot receiver Adam Humphreys, who are both already out. I have been very impressed with what the Colts have done so far this year. Even though they're going to be missing Buckner and Autry on the defensive line, their whole defense has played really well. Darius Leonard is just an absolute beast. The defense has, been, has played even better than I thought it would. Um, offensive line play has been good, but a little bit up and down for what we assumed would be the best um, offensive line in football. Uh, the Colts have been employing a three-headed attack as far as their running backs go with John and T- Jonathan Taylor, their highly touted rookies disappointing a little bit. And then Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines as sort of their, their Swiss, their Swiss army knife, I should say. It looks like Taylor's actually out for this game. He's going to be on the COVID list. I don't think that that's actually going to hurt the Colts that much because Wilkins and, and Hines, I think can combine to easily fill that void. Their rookie wide receiver out of USC, Michael Pittman Jr., has really come on as of late. He's uh, averaged 74 yards a game in his last uh, three in the, his last three weeks. Overall, I think that the Colts playing at home with that defense, with Rivers, uh, with his competent quarterback play, I guess we'll call it, I think will hold the day, and I think the Colts win. For props that I like in the game. I mentioned a few minutes ago that Jonathan Taylor is going to be out. So, boom, I go right to his backup, Jordan Wilkins, who's their main rusher behind Taylor with Hines as sort of the, the, the passing downs back with a few runs mixed in. I love Jordan Wilkins, 38.5 rushing yards at minus 110. Bang that. Put a tasty 50-burger on that. Naheem Hines, took a look at him as well with Jonathan Taylor out. And if you take a look at Naheem Hines's props – both rushing and receiving separately, add them up. 80 yards is what you get there. However, if you take the combo, you get a discount. So if you take Naheem Hines, combo, rushing and receiving yards, it's 75 and a half at minus 113. I will take that one as well. I mentioned Michael Pittman Jr. I think he's really come on strong. I've loved what I've looked, what I've seen from him. Coming out of college, the thought was that, oh, yo, okay, he's a big Uh, possession receiver and he is big and he can catch the ball but they're using him in different ways besides just that he's you know done a couple of reverses things like that Uh, I like Pittman over on receiving yards it's only 51 and a half Uh, in his last three he's averaging six targets a game like I said he's averaging 74 yards a game so I like the Pittman over on receiving yards last one I like Philip Rivers In his last five games, he's averaging 26 completions per game. He's at home with a full complement of receivers. And the prop for completions for Phillip Rivers, the over-under, is only 23.5 at minus 113. So I'll take that too. 
My props are Philip Rivers, over 23 and a half completions. Michael Pittman Jr., over 51 and a half receiving yards. Naheem Hines, over on the 75 and a half combo yards. Jordan Wilkins, over 38 and a half rushing yards. And I do have one more, and it's Derrick Henry. Even though I think the Colts are going to win, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think Derrick Henry could have a good game here, especially with DeForest Buckner out. You look at his rushing props on FanDuel, it's 90 and a half rushing yards at minus 122. But flip over to DraftKings and his over-under, it's only 87 and a half rushing yards at minus 112. I will take that every day of the week. So give me Derrick Henry rushing all the rest of the Colts props I talked about, and I will take the Colts and give the three. And i um, interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, the Colts seem to be the Tennessee Titans kryptonite. Uh, so they always play well against the Titans. I think the Colts are going to play well again this week, and I'd like them to win the game and, you know, and cover the line as well. As far as the props are concerned, I like the Rivers over completions. I think he's going to have a big game against Tennessee. I also like passing yardage over 269 and a half yards on DraftKings minus 112 for Phillip Rivers and I also like the over on rushing yards for Derrick Henry as well under 90 yards for rushing yards for Derrick Henry I'm taking that all day of the week I don't care who the defense is guy's a beast so those are the props I like in this game and I do like the Colts in this game as well any last thoughts on this game, John, or we're going to move into uh, phase three of the pod? And I think we covered it. I think it's time for phase three. All right. So right before we start phase three, I'm going to throw you out my college football nugget. Just to let everybody know, I took Notre Dame yesterday and covered the five points. Today, I took Indiana over Maryland, giving 12 and a half points. They won by 16. I in-game bet Michigan-Penn State game with Michigan getting 10 points, they should have covered this line. It ended up being a push. And lastly, I in-game bet Missouri against Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt was 0-7 going into this week. I in-game bet it at minus 28, with uh, Missouri giving 28 points. And at that point in the game, it was 21-0. They ended up winning 41-0, so I covered that. So bang, 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 the college football savant, again, is nailing it in college football. My nugget this week, Guess who's back after five weeks of not playing? The next quarterback for the New York Jets, Trevor Lawrence. Lay the 24 points with Clemson at home against Pittsburgh. That's my college football nugget. All right. Can I hop in here real quick? Yeah. Love hearing about Trevor Lawrence coming back. The future quarterback for at least one and possibly more of my dynasty football teams. But I should also give you a shout out too. I'm pretty sure it was last week on the pod where your nugget was take the over on Hawaii and Boise State. I followed your advice, my friend, and totally hit that. Nice call on that one as well. Making the people money out there. That's what we're here for. There you go. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, as I said last week, Hawaii, and I think the over-under on that game was 55, something like that. I mean, every week, Hawaii, whoever they're playing, both teams are putting up points. That was, that was an easy one, so I'm glad you jumped all over it. All right. Moving into our tracks of the week, I'm going to send out an homage to somebody who left this world way too early, and that's Avicii. I, uh, I heard this track, I don't remember exactly when I heard it this week, 
but I heard it and I was like, wow, I've never heard that song before. And it's called Dancing In My Head. It's Eric Turner and Avicii. The Avicii's Been Cursed remix. Just a really good classic uh, Avicii sound. It's from 2012. So that's my track of the week this week. I mean, since you brought up the bittersweet idea of, of great creative minds that are gone too soon, uh, we did lose another one in the music uh, community, the, the dance music community this week. Io, 30-year-old music producer, passed away this week. Um, the dance music community was very, you know, saddened by that news. Uh, there's a lot of artists that, you know, had a lot of close ties to him. You know, Dead Mouse, um, Armin Van Buren came out. You know, it's just so sad when you hear about, you know, somebody that young that passed away. So in his memory, I'm going to go with a, a remix that he did of an above and beyond track called Alchemy. That's the Io remix. Io, who passed away earlier this week. Uh, it's the kind of song, man, right up your alley. It's Trance, Who's Afraid of the 138. Uh, definitely into that uh, progressive, harder trance, I think, with some of those lighter trancey elements near the end of the track. In memory of Io. Alchemy, his remix of that Above and Beyond track. All right, great stuff this week. Rutgers versus Purdue coming on at four o'clock this afternoon. Let's go Rutgers, let's go RU. And I'll leave you with this. Let your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful. Wagers, ragers, and we are out for week 12. See you next week, everybody. Thanks.